2: Hey guys, Mazzodcast is now on Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can join our Patreon page and get extra content from the guys, outtakes from the show, and any insider news that we have, we provide it there first. It doesn't cost much and your support helps the show. Join the Mazzodcast Patreon and be part of the team. Here are our secrets.
4: Gonna throw it. Slam. This bugs for you. Don't be afraid to be great! You
1: don't get no better than that, man. Baseline, wide open receiver, across midfield, still good! Missouri, amazing! Where's the
2: noise? This is the Mazzotcast. Howdy, Tiger fans, and welcome to the podcast I'm your host, Brendan Anthony. Joining me, as always, is my longtime brother, Colin Anthony. What's up, Dumb Dumbs? Colin, it's a rare occasion these days, but we're actually going to talk about and celebrate a big in-conference Mizzou win. The Tigers played South Carolina and pulled off the 31-28 victory. Didn't see it coming.
3: No, I mean... No, yes and no. I mean, it wasn't like South Carolina was a team that was like, oh, there's definitely no way we can win that game.
2: No, but I just become so pessimistic due to the way we would played all season long. Sure.
3: Well, and I just I mean, like I said in the show last week, I had some guarded optimism just based on the way they played against Georgia. And that seemed, again, seems strange considering how that game score turned out. But I mean, the defense played markedly better in that game despite the score. And I thought, boy, if you could carry that into South Carolina, you might have something. And they did.
2: Yeah, it turns out that your defensive assessment was accurate, and it did carry through. I mean, the defense was the reason we won this football game. The offense did enough, but the offense had a lot of big problems uh, starting and stopping, I think, at uh, what may be our former starting quarterback, Connor Basilak threw a couple of the ugliest interceptions you're ever going to see at a Division One level.
3: What were those? I mean, God. Those were just like, I don't know, take the guy that you went to high school with who spent the most time in band class and ask him to throw a football. And you'll be pretty, you'll have a pretty good idea of what that pass looked like. You know what I mean? Like that's (laughs) both of those passes. I'm like, that guy looked like, he looked like he'd never thrown a football.
2: Yeah, I I didn't know if it was like a hesitation, like he started to throw, thought better of it, and then I was already in. I I mean, I couldn't make out how he ended up throwing either of those passes. They were absolutely terrible. It was bad.
3: They were both really bad. The second one was like, did that get tipped at the line? And then they threw the replay. Like, nope. He just forgot how to throw a football all of a sudden.
2: (laughs) And that is seemingly what happened because he launched, I think, a 60-yard bomb to, uh, was it Mookie Cooper? Yeah a catch we've been waiting for this guy to have ever since we heard he was going to come to the team. And uh, we finally got to see Mookie Cooper pay off in the end zone. And of course, Tyler Beatty was the huge part of this offense as he is every week. Another game over 200 yards rushing, moving himself into the top five all time for Mizzou single season rushers. But with all that being said, the defense is, was the difference maker for this team.
3: Yeah, it's it was incredible. I mean, 57 yards rushing. Imagine having a game against anybody doing that, considering what our defensive line and, the, or, and defense on the whole looked like just a few short weeks ago. I mean, we were literally giving up 275 yards a game and 57 yards against a team with two legitimately good running backs.
2: Oh, yeah. And I think we are basically selling out for the pass to do this, to get these stops in the run. But – Who cares? Because we were giving up, we were getting gashed so bad on the ground that if we give up an occasional long pass, it's worth the trade off until we can get get something better going on. But I mean, basically everybody in Columbia was calling for Seabook's head prior to this game. And I don't know if he's changed a ton of minds, but he's certainly gone some distance and saying, hey, we know there's problems and we've done what we can to fix it in season because they've made necessary changes and kudos for at least one game. Kudos. I mean, that may regress to the mean. I don't know, but I couldn't have been happier to see it.
3: I can't say definitively what has changed on defense. They do look like they're, you know, like I said, they're just stacking the box and pinning their ears back on every play. And against South Carolina, their the quarterback's not bad, but he's not good either. And he's fairly inexperienced. And I think against a really good quarterback, sometimes bringing that kind of pressure regularly can really get you burned. But I don't think they were concerned about that with this quarterback. I think you saw it with, with uh, Georgia some, you know, I mean, they were giving their quarterback a little bit of trouble, but he's a good quarterback. And so eventually they start figuring it out. They start running the ball, they start hitting the passes. and But you can see what pressure does. It's disruptive to be certain. And it, well, it's not going to work against everybody, but in South Carolina, it was exactly what you did. They've got Good running back, so you're going to just sell out to the run, and then that forces a very mediocre quarterback to try to have to beat you. And you know he was he was a guy who was ready to leave the pocket almost immediately, and had to leave the pocket because our defensive line played so well, or maybe South Carolina's offensive line paid poorly. I'm not sure which it was, or maybe it's a little both. But either way they certainly looked good and uh, mcguire won the sec defensive lineman of the of the week you know he had a sack and a fumble recovery and uh just had a great game they really the defensive line of the whole had an amazing game and you just you wonder what this does to steve wilkes's fortunes in missouri i mean like what what if they play this sort of defense throughout this ending of the season and get to a bowl game and have another good performance i mean does steve wilkes get it another year it's crazy to say that out loud at not this point because they were so bad but here we are. Well,
2: and I think uh, you, we're going to find out soon enough whether this was one-time flash in the pan or whether these are substantive changes that have actually well, seen I don't think flaws it was and flash in the just because
3: of what I saw against Georgia. I saw the same things against Georgia. I, just, I well, just aren't as effective against a really good team.
2: I know what you're saying, Colin, but what I'm getting at is that, you know, you can make some changes that may be sort of a gimmick and then offenses figure it out and uh, scheme around it. By the time we play Arkansas, will Arkansas have figured out the changes we've made and be able to still capitalize or will these changes permanently be an asset to the team? I don't know. Well,
3: I, I think with Arkansas's quarterback, he is a better version of South Carolina's quarterback. You know, a, a mobile quarterback like South Carolina's and uh, probably a better thrower. But ultimately, I think, I don't know. I mean, I just, I shouldn't say this because I don't watch enough South Carolina or Arkansas football. But I have a feeling that these two teams are not that dissimilar, Arkansas and uh, South Carolina. So i, I my hope is and especially their quarterbacks are not that dissimilar. And I'm hoping that we can have the same sort of success. Certainly have a lot more optimism than I, I did just a few short weeks ago.
2: Well, added to the optimism from the win, Colin, I mean, before this game, when we saw South Carolina beat Florida, we thought, well, one of two things is true Florida is either much worse than we thought, or South Carolina is much better than we thought. We get this win mm-hmm. and think, okay, well, South Carolina is not that much better. But maybe that alternative is true. Florida sucks. Fucking terrible. And we could win that one, too. And suddenly we're talking about being bowl eligible in a season where we were talking about it being historically bad. Back to the 80s, three win seasons. Now we're looking down the barrel of a bowl game.
3: Yeah, and we're not there yet. But certainly, I mean, just it's amazing how how good an in-conference win will make you feel. It had been so long since we'd really had anything to, to root for. It was, uh, gosh, it was nice. I don't know. You're, you're back to sort of feeling like maybe drink what somebody's doing. And maybe this is all going to work out, especially when the, uh, the recruits come in. And uh, that's like um...
4: we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match
3: with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences.
1: The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate.
3: Our friends over, whatever, that the Spurs Up podcast had tweeted, you know, basically they couldn't wait to beat Drinkwitz because he's. He says cringy things or whatever, and I was like, "You might want to pack a lunch because you're going to be waiting a while." Because I'm afraid, you know, if you couldn't beat us this year, it's not going to get any easier next year, and probably it's going to continue to get a little harder. Now, maybe Beamer's their man, and maybe he'll have it. And I know right now they're really high on him, but I feel like he's just the he's the new girl, so everybody wants to pound him, pound his vag, uh, If you want, if you allow me an analogy, uh, but uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, I haven't seen South Carolina. Maybe think, wow, this guy's got it all figured out, either.
2: No, and it's our third year straight already that we have beaten South Carolina. These have been some down years. You know, this is this is. We were hoping that this is the nadir, this is the bottom of, and it's all uphill from here. And even in this bottom land, we still beat South Carolina. I like it. Tastes good.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yep. This um, whole season is taking a turn away from Hobocom.
2: Hobocom. <laughs> That's a shame. I'm, I might miss Hobocum in a weird way. Hobocom. Actually, I don't, I, actually, really I don't
3: want that. R- they're still going to give us plenty of excuses to use the term Hobocum.
2: <laughs> actually, I don't know if I wanted it on tape that I said I miss Hobocum. Hobocom. Yeah, uh, that's true. That's. But uh, Colin, I think it's worth noting as well that some Tiger fans probably will think, well – Yeah, it was a good win, but you almost fucking frittered it away, pissed it away down the stretch. And that is true. They did almost do that. But a couple of things happened worth noting, one of which is that... The SEC officials absolutely fucked our defense up the asshole two times. Two wonderful interceptions that were taken off the board by absolute invisible chintzy bullshit calls that really changed the direction. I mean, we could be talking about a blowout if the officials can't keep the fucking whistle out of their mouth for two seconds.
3: That second interception that Abrams Drain had was a, I mean, a sweet play, an athletic play. I mean, like I continue to think he's. We are really, I mean, he's a good football player. And then they show the replay, and I'm like, not only was it not a defensive holding call, I'm not sure if it didn't happen within five yards of the line of scrimmage, which would make it legal even if he had put the hands on him. You know what I mean? Like, you could chuck within five yards of the line of scrimmage. So I I would love for um, whoever's in charge of the SEC officials to explain that one to me. That was one of the worst calls I've ever seen, and I've been watching SEC football now for eight years. And we've said it on this show before, Brennan, and – Certainly, nobody's going to claim that uh, the Big 12 has good officiating, but it was better than this. Like, I can, can definitively say, like, the SEC has, t- for being the preeminent conference in college football, their fishing is fucking awful.
2: Year in, it and has year been out. Since
3: we got here. Mm-hmm. And it's not just against Mizzou. You know, you could say, well, nobody gives a shit about Mizzou because they're the little brothers. Like, no, they routinely fuck the big dogs, too.
2: Yeah, no There's call.
3: Equal opportunity buttfucker.
2: <laughs> when we joined the conference, I did make that mistake. I thought, "Well, I, I can't believe how these officials are biased against us just because we're the new guys. Like, what is this like hazing? Why are we getting fucked by these calls?" And then I like you just watch more SEC football and I was like, "Oh, they just do this. This is just how they call football games. They can just do whatever they want and there's no rhyme or reason to it. And they're bad at their job. Okay. So they, they're just bad for everybody.
3: I mean, it's remarkable and it happens every week. And spend any time on Twitter and every week, one fan base or another is just talking about what a bunch of horseshit this officiating is. And they're right.
2: So much happened in this game. I think it's easy to get lost. But <laughs> Harrison Mevis and the entire special teams crew running on after Mizzou had blown their uh, last time out and didn't get in the end zone. So, like, with four seconds left running out there and getting off a successful field goal, that was fantastic and much needed, as it turned out. It's not the way you'd want it drawn up. And, frankly, I just can't believe didn't get in there. You know what I mean? Like, just like, yeah. push a little bit more, man. You had half a yard. But, oh, well didn't mind we had the thicker kicker he boots it through we get the three points and we needed every bit of it
3: yeah there's several things i think i don't want to be lost this one parker had a really good game i wanted to make sure i mentioned that because i've given him some shit because he's behaved like sort of a douchebag a couple times on the field had, had some stupid penalties and he played really well and had a couple of really big catches in this game despite connor's bad game he spread the ball out more than he had recently they got a lot of guys involved, a lot of guys that need to get involved. Mookie Cooper, you know, uh, Looper. I mean, these these guys that came to Mizzou to uh, to be part of this offense and they really have sort of not had a huge role to play. And it was nice to see, you know, them basically utilizing what looks to be some pretty good talent.
2: Yeah, and, and we talk about Connor Basilak. And I think that's the last thing we really do need to fully mention before we get done with the wrap up on this game is that. And it was a four minutes or so before the end of the game, very much in doubt. Uh, we had the three-point lead, but we're nursing it and trying to bleed out the clock. This is the drive immediately following Connor's second terrible interception, and Drinkwitz pulls the trigger, and he takes Bazelak out, puts in Cook, and basically, it's just hands the ball off to Beatty to finish the thing out. He did run once for 11 yards, but it was clear that uh, Drinkwitz had seen enough as well, and Yeah, I think Colin, you and I have been two of the most optimistic. I don't want to say Pollyanna, but we have been boosters for Connor Brazilek. But I think we were both at that point, being like, yeah, that's the right move. It's time.
3: Really, after that first interception, the interceptions were so bad, so egregious, that it's like, this guy's head's not right. Like, I don't know. I don't care what his body is. I mean, I understand that he may be hurt and he may be dealing with some injuries, but those throws didn't say to me, like, oh, this guy's really not. You know, really hurting. It said to me, like this guy has just completely lost his confidence. I mean, his biggest selling point ultimately was he seemed like, you know, I remember talking to him last year. He, he's got all this poise and it's, you know, no situation is too big. You know, we talked about big dick energy with Connor baselack and he has none of it now. He just seems like a just a fainting goat. Not only is he throwing interceptions, but in such unopportune times, like the worst possible scenarios, and you can tell Drinkowitz I think has moved oners. If he's not moved on, he's on the brink of it because he literally was saying in press conference you know like listen, he bad decisions he was sort of pulling no punches when it came to basilak and got when you pull basilak uh, at the end of a game that's a close game an in-conference game and a win that you desperately need given the trajectory of your season to that point to pull him and put cook in i mean it's how do you go back to basilak after that yeah and, and, you and know, I- he wasn't good enough to finish that game is he he's good enough to start against florida that doesn't make a whole lot of sense.
2: Well, I, I wonder if Bazelak, at least at that moment in this game, kind of had become Chuck Knobloch. You know, he just couldn't throw the ball to first. You know, he just he had the yips or something because I think that's what uh, Drink saw and said, hey, we've got to do something else at this point because he, he can't be trusted to hang on to the ball when we desperately need the ball just to be secure. That-
3: if you just if you look at the balls that Bazelak threw today and, and what he how he – Performed. I mean, nothing he did today made me think Brady Cook can't do that. The sixty-yard bomb he threw—he threw to a—it was a blown coverage. He threw to a, a, a wide-open receiver. I mean, I figure uh, Brady Cook's not a not not like a, a no-name recruit. I'm sh- I'm assuming he can throw to a wide-open receiver. <laughs> uh You know, uh, he several of their passes were you know slants and crossing patterns. You know, like the there's just nothing I saw on offense that made me think, yeah, you you have to have base lack to execute this. You know, because. And maybe I'll eat my words when Cook throws three interceptions in the first half or something, but I just – and he also adds the element of, you know, of speed and mobility that Basilak you know, Basilak didn't strike me as a guy who was a statue back there last year, but I think that's where he, he's really hurt by the injuries is, like, he is a statue. Like, he can still throw the ball because his injuries aren't really in his uh, upper body, I don't think, but – uh you know, I don't think he's, he doesn't look very comfortable moving to his left or right. He certainly doesn't want to take off and run. You know, they call it a soft tissue injury, but I look at it and go, this guy's got a bad groin or a hamstring or a, ga- or a calf muscle or a high ankle sprain, you know, something. this He is not mobile right now. And he was never a, a nimble guy, but he was certainly more mobile than he is now. And the fact that Macon or Cook gives you the element of mobility, basically it's just not playing well enough to ignore those those
2: problems. I think we're going to see Cook start against Florida. I don't know. I think that it's, it's anybody's game. I think we could if Cook's playing, I think maybe you can expect a platoon style quarterback with Macon. But I don't know. It depends how Cook comes out, I think. If he does start the first series, if he has success, he'll be allowed more room. S-
3: and and whether it's Baselak or Cook or Macon, I mean they've all got the ultimate safety blanket with Beatty. But I think especially within the SEC, people aren't given aren't given Beatty a lot of Credence, You know what I mean? Like, oh, he's running for a big yardage against bad teams. But that's not true. And he got 200 yards against South Carolina. And, you know, that's the ultimate safety blanket for whatever quarterback go- runs out there. I mean, you've got a NFL caliber running back and they have to honor that. Every team has to honor that. Georgia had to honor that. Even their defense. I mean, he's a good enough player that he's, you're going to have to account for what he does. You know, with that ability to run that uh, both Cook and May can give you combined with, with Beatty just means... I mean, I don't know. It just seems very, very advantageous.
2: Well, Colin, why don't we take our first break, soak in the victory, come back, and we will listen to voicemails, because I am curious to hear what drunken Mizzou fans being happy sounds like. It's been so long. And of course, because we have an unexpected win, that means something special. It means we get to feast on sour grapes.
3: They're full of antioxidants.
2: (laughs) This is the Mazzotcast. So, Colin, uh, I guess it's time for our market update. How's our symbol account looking? Well, Brennan,
3: we're actually currently down Mm -hmm. $7.68 on our initial $500 investment. So, not great. We're up $1.54 today. Uh, We've collected 22 win payouts. So, that's good.
2: That's right. And that's almost $7 worth of win payouts, which makes up the difference in your bad investing.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean… You say I'm a bad investor, Brennan, but I also invest. I did invest in KU football.
2: That's true. <laughs> you were an early and adopter. we don't
3: own a single share of Texas. <laughs> so I think maybe I might know what I'm up to.
2: Well, you're right, Colin, because just a week ago, it looks like shares of Kansas football stock on symbol were going for ten dollars and forty cents per share. Combine that to I think sixty dollars a share for Alabama, and it's gone up t- to now twelve dollars a share. So uh, we're making money on Kansas. That was a, that was a win.
3: I'm telling you where we're, uh, I knew what I was doing, you know, watch, watch out for Kansas.
2: <laughs> People have been saying it for years,
3: but ultimately, uh, playing the long game here. And so I'm not, not, I'm not going for those win bonuses right now. I'm going for, uh, going for share price on these teams that I, I think are going to be good in the future. And so, uh, but you know, we're down seven. We'll be back. We're going to come back. We're going to do Elon style soon.
2: <laughs> and if you want to jump in too, and, uh, and make your sports bets through a market-style app. Go to symbol.app. You can buy shares of your favorite team. And like Colin said, there is a payout. Win bonus for college football is $0.50 cents for a win, $0.10 cents a win for NBA. If you hang on to a stock long enough, your team keeps winning. Eventually, no matter what happens to that stock price, you're going to be ahead just on win bonuses alone. You almost can't lose, especially when they give you $500 when you put in your first deposit. Use the promo code M-I-Z-Z-O-U at symbol, and you too can get rich like us. We are back, Colin. I'm ready to just jump into it. It's time for the old Mazzoncast mailbag.
5: Here's the mail; it never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail when it comes. I want to wail.
2: When Colin the call started rolling in, right about three seventeen, so that means seventeen minutes into this game, people were uh, either I'm guessing pissed off because that's about the time I think Connor's first interception yeah. came around.
3: We got, a, we got a turnover and uh, everything was looking uh, coming up Mizzou and then Connor uh, threw like a guy without hands. Man, this is already a disaster.
4: Drink was <laughs> lucky he is recruiting super well because why is he playing Aldridge, Connor Basilak? Like I said, he is lucky he is recruiting so damn well right now because if he wasn't, his lease would be a lot shorter. Geez, this is just a disaster. <laughs>
2: That's an emotional moment in the game.
4: What's up, guys? Caroline Jackpot. We're in the first half. Bounce! Eh, and what? Four minutes left to go in this first half. But uh, first of all, hate that we couldn't hook up the other night. Shit. I mean, one of you fuckers just drank too many of those natural ices. It happens. You know, to the best of us. Anyway, fuck. And I like some of the shit Falcons doing offensively. so but of I don't. Uh, I was solidly in the camp of we just need to run the ball, run the ball, run the fucking ball. And uh, they seem to uh, have just abandoned that. But to that point, Missouri's run defense looks better the past couple weeks than I've seen it in the past seven, eight. So maybe there's something to that. But there's there's still yards to be had here on this Missouri defense. Uh, you got some players number twenty six on defense. He's got a little fucking attitude problem, and I hope he gets his ass kicked in the second half, to be <laughs> honest with you. Uh, but Josh Van, number six, Talks. what can you say? I jumped off of Will Mushant, Boomba, and I'm now solidly on the van. Connor Basilak, uh, Exlax, I'm surprised he's still in the game after that hit just in the first quarter. Uh, that kid absolutely got annihilated, so props to him. He really does have a huge Johnson for being able to, uh, To stay in this ball game, But, uh, you know, other than that, I mean, we've been playing like absolute hobo cum. Hobo cum. Uh, There's no reason this game should be tied (laughs) right now. We should be ahead 28-0. Hell, you don't have good run defense. You don't. So, there you go. There's the blueprint for how you win damn games. You have a blueprint for how to build a fucking bridge. You build the fucking bridge by the damn blueprint. Otherwise, a bus gets stuck on it and the fucking bridge collapses. It's the same thing here. Uh, you know, fuck it. Uh, you know, fuck your team. Uh, you know, I, I hope you shit down both legs the rest of the damn game. We win this motherfucker, but uh, right now, I'm really worried about it. The, the M-I-Z-Z-O, me and fucking you. <laughs>
3: wow. That was a stream of consciousness.
2: Yeah, but we knew Carolina Jackpot would be into this one. You know, he's mm-hmm. uh, obviously a big Carolina fan and he's been following us along. So he knows a little bit about our little tiger. So I, I expected it.
4: Hey, it's Carolina Jackpot
2: again. Uh, <laughs> calm
4: down a little bit. Uh, halftime, 17-14, Mizzou. So, yeah, you know, uh, th- yeah, th- this is just still just absolutely, utterly ridiculous. I I just don't understand why. Yeah, you, know, you can't run the fucking football on a team that gives up more rushing yards than anybody in the country. Did you know that your team gives up more rushing yards than anyone in the country? We're well, the aware well aware of it. Well aware. At Arkansas State. <laughs> Big shocker there, huh? But you know, I apologize for what I said earlier about your player, number 26, having an attitude problem. Uh Our number nine, Cam Smith, also has a huge fucking attitude problem. Why the fuck do you swing someone down seven yards out of bounds ten seconds after the fucking whistle is blown? That was stupid. That was a stupid-ass, selfish play. Everybody's sitting here telling me, well, you know what, Carolina Jackpot, you defensive players have got to have a little attitude and a little bit of edge. Yes, they do have to have a little bit of attitude and a little bit of edge. You know what else they have to have? A little bit of fucking intelligence. That was stupid. Uh, but uh, nice job by your uh, field goal kicker, uh, Cameron Nevis, or uh, whatever his name is. A big fat-ass jiggling out there uh, onto the field. <laughs> I it Sarah Fuller for their second <laughs> got kind of turned on. But anyway, it wasn't her, but uh, it was uh, Harrison Neveson. Uh, nice rush job with the field goal and the 17-14 lead at halftime. This is going to be a dog fight going into the fourth quarter, I do believe. Good luck, guys. Touch your team. Woo! <laughs> wow. Wow. They are not gashing us on the ground. I repeat, they are not gashing us on the ground. Now, if we could just get off the fucking field on a third
2: down, we might win this game. The rest are hot garbage. Hot, hot garbage. garbage. Uh, that's it. you:
4: <laughs> Number one on South Carolina's defense gets a fucking douche of the week fucking recommendation. Every fucking play, forward progress stops. This guy jumps in and fucking throws punches like on top of the fucking tile. What the fuck is this idiot doing? Like, is nobody <laughs> seeing this shit? What the
2: fuck? Do you notice this, Colin?
3: No, I didn't, but I, uh, I, I'm sure at some point this week I'm going to rewatch the game. I'll have to keep an eye out.
4: All right. I, I don't hate the Mizzou defense anymore. Like, they've, still, they're, they've improved uh, throughout the season. If this defense had showed up in Boston, we would have won that game. Uh, and that's, that's good to see. Connor Bazeleck, man, tough, tough look. Be great throw to Mookie Cooper. Like, he did that. Cook hasn't done that. Macon hasn't done that in a game. But other than that, man, I don't know. You, uh, er, that's, that's bad. And Tyler Beatty, man, just thank you. Thank you. And to the people who say, well, if he only goes over 200 against bad teams and against good teams, he doesn't do anything. Well, we're not going to beat those teams anyway. So what does it matter? If he doesn't go over 200 against Carolina and Vandy, we're not going to win those games. So he's the man. Thank you.
2: I don't know who's insulting Beatty. I mean, they're ridiculous if they do. That guy is uh, done nothing but to pad his resume all year long.
3: He's a... Uh- now one of only three running backs in the SEC to have, what was it, like four 200-yard games. Uh, and then the other two are like uh, Fournette and uh, one of the uh, – what was one of the – Derrick Henry? Yeah, Derrick Henry. There you go. Some names you might re-recognize. Yeah. Thank God we pulled that game out.
4: Basilac is seeing ghosts or something, but he sucks this year. I hope we start anybody but him next week. And let's go ahead and send Dan Mullen out of Columbia. With a pearl necklace full of hobocom.
2: Hobocom. M-I-Z. <laughs> <laughs> what, wow, an what an image. What an image. Yeah.
4: Yeah, fuck this. I mean, this is bullshit. I mean, South Carolina has the innate ability to make average fucking players look fucking awesome. This, this fucking, this fucking, this fucking Tyler Beatty. I mean, South Carolina can make this son of a bitch. Look like a damn Earl Campbell, fucking Nick Chubb, Eddie George, uh whoever the fucks I think can win this year, year's Heisman Trophy. This fucking kid from Michigan State and every goddamn body else wrapped all fucking into one. He's not that fucking good. He's not that damn good. It's just the fact that our fucking defense is goddamn horseshit fucking terrible. I'm fucking mad as fuck. there's no damn reason why, oh, when you get kicked, what, you got a couple of garbage uh, touchdowns, you make it look decent, I'm tired of our fucking team, they make me want to go shoot myself in the fucking head. They make me want to shoot myself in the (laughs) head, I'm tired of this dumb shit. Well, fuck it, whatever, congratulations, motherfuckers, Uh, you you gotta win, you better than us, you better than Vanderbilt, I guess guess that makes you the big goddamn dick kings of the fucking road, huh? I guess the fuck it does. Whatever. This is bullshit, man. And the <laughs> place looks like a fat Jeffrey Dahmer without the damn glasses, motherfuckers. Hope you have the rest of the season that's real good. You know, whatever. I don't hate y'all. I, I just hate our team. You know, fuck it. Fuck you and, and whatever. I think he's okay. Yeah, oh, boy, he's having...
3: I'll uh, I would take umbrage with one of those statements. Like Beatty's been doing that to everybody, not just. I mean, he is as good as you. he is as good as all that, and you're going to find out when they draft him because uh, it's not just uh, your players sucking. It's that Beatty is a uh, is, is NFL caliber.
2: But I do th- want to thank South Carolina's players for sucking. It was really helpful on Saturday.
3: No, no, they should definitely keep sucking anytime they play Mizzou. We appreciate it. I I can't thank them enough. I wish know, Georgia I mean, I, would have sucked a, a little of more terrible blown coverages that really helped out.
2: Yeah, and Mookie Cooper they co- kind of looked like us a few weeks ago. So you know,
3: yeah, it's kind of nice when you're the one on the uh, receiving end of such a generous defensive play.
2: <laughs> I know. I know how everybody else must have thought. We everybody else in the league owes us a big thank you.
3: <laughs> That's right.
6: I was actually happy with this team this, this this week. We played well. The defense looked good. The offense was competent. Tyler Beatty is Tyler Beatty. I mean, I have optimism. For the first time in in, in in months of this football team, we could actually beat Florida. We could actually go to a crappy bowl game in Shreveport, probably. I don't know what to think. I hate this team so much at the same time because we're with this for the whole season. Let's get one against douchebag Dan and win one to go to our crappy bowl game in Shreveport. M-I-Z. Z-O-U. Also, fuck the ref. They can eat Hobocom. com.
2: <laughs> um, Chug it.
6: 31 28 Tigers win. Who's ready to watch the Gators freeze their ass off next week while we go bowling after that dub? See you boys next week. M
4: I Z.
2: ZO yeah, I hope you're right.
4: Old okay, J here. There are players that come through teams that absolutely will their team to win over and over and over again. If you would have told me at the beginning of the season that that would have been Tyler Beatty all year long, I'd have been no way. But my gosh, that kid can play. M I Z.
2: Yeah, Z O U. And we people can't say enough praise about Tyler Beatty, and they're right every time. Like it's, and also, I mean, his offensive line created holes for him. That should be mentioned. I think that does get glossed over. But oh my god, Ooh, you talk about a smart runner. Line?
3: The defensive and offensive line both played like completely different units than we'd seen all year. I mean, I say that they played, play played better against Georgia despite the score. But I mean, like they've turned some sort of corner and I hope it sticks because I was very happy. I mean, really, they, they dominated the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball Saturday. Yeah. It's true. Um, you know, it was unfortunate. South Carolina started to move the ball late in the game. And the the reason the score was as close as it was, because it shouldn't have been. Uh, we had some costly turnovers, obviously, but you know, a fumble and an interception gave South Carolina a new life. But if both sides of the line play like this, there's no reason to think we couldn't beat Florida and Arkansas. One of them, at least maybe both. God, wouldn't that be amazing?
2: It would be amazing. I mean, Florida, I think is our best bet because they are in such absolute disarray. It seeming, seems like after what happened this weekend, but uh We'll get into all that.
6: Let's go to zoo fan again. Think about it like this. Good win. You know, i always good to beat up on the fake Columbia. But if we played like this against Boston College and Kentucky, you'd be 7-3 right now. So a little yeah. bit of sweet for me.
0: Go Mizzou.
2: He's not wrong. No, and it is the reason why you know, I don't want to get too excited. If Even if we do make a bowl, I'll be really happy about it. But I, I want a season to not – go the Barry Odom route where you lose like six straight games or just terrible losses and then figure it out at the end of the season when nothing matters anymore. You know, I want a season to matter. So uh, I I know we've got big hopes ahead and that the recruits are coming in, but I'm hoping that that means in the future, we don't have to endure a horrible, horrible half a season just to get to the good stuff.
4: Meaning you both. Jiminy Christmas, you go back, look at all the games, Boston College, Kentucky, Bazelak limping around, throwing pick after pick, throwing in a triple coverage, yada, yada, yada. Listen, drink wits is the future, all right? We all know this. Why does he love Basilak? Literally the only thing he can do now is start him the rest of the season and lose support. At this point, Tyler Mackin and Cook are way better just run the QB read with baby and run all those little short passes that they already do. Those two other guys can throw the exact same screen passes as Basilak. He does nothing for Mizzou. They probably have two more wins this season. If drink, did not have a man crush on Basilak. Uh, this is Vince from Baldwin. Sign it out. M I Z
3: Z O U. I don't know that. I disagree with most of that. You know, I, I've had my own uh, man crush with Bazelak, but Drinkwitz has been slow to pull the trigger on him. And I can appreciate a coach wanting to stick with a guy, but you know we're also talking about the same coach that yanked Robinson immediately to put Bazelak in when the when the Tennessee game started to take a turn, you know, very early on in the season. You know, that's how we ended up with Bazelak. I mean, and I feel like uh, Bazelak has gotten a pretty long leash, but, you know, like you said, it, and truthfully, I'll be upset if Bazelak's starting against Florida. And I think most Mizzou fans will be.
2: I certainly won't feel confident with him there.
4: Hey, boys, good win, although uh, I do feel bad for Carolina Jackpot. But with the Dazzle throwing balls the same speed as Drifter Ejaculate, it's, <laughs> he can't stay in the game. He, he's got to go. Uh, I, I don't think he should start the next game. Uh, we certainly have better options. It's a win, though. M I Z. What's up, you fucking idiot? Well, Bill. I am on my way to fucking Waffle House. Somebody ripped a little too hard last night. We're pretty much the best goddamn team in the country, I think. Uh, <laughs> number one ranking is coming our way. Sour grapes, motherfucker! Ha ha ha! Woo! M-I-G, I think I'm still a little bit drunk. Go fuck yourself! Love you, bye!
2: We got a sad jackpot and a happy Phil.
4: Tiger's a shit on won that game. Connor played like Hobo Hobocom. Straight Hobo Hobocom. Hobocom. <laughs> fucking hot dog water. Hot dog water. South Carolina a fucking trash school. Florida played like shit. We should be able to be up next week. Fuck, fuck, Let's go fuck fat Daddy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> well you done.
3: Know, if something occurs to me, Brennan, I, I feel like um, if we got Carolina Jackpot and super fan Phil and we had them just like have to, you know, some sort of a uh, scenario where they have to live in the same house. I'm thinking of like a stepbrother scenario. Mm-hmm. You know, where they initially started hating each other, and and then at some point, they just stare, you know, look each other's eyes and be like, did we just become best friends? And they're like, yep. You want to go do karate in the garage? Yep.
2: Sounds like you're describing an episode of How I Met Your Monkey.
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> get Phil in there, you get Jackpot, throw in a monkey, and I think CBS, we got a second sitcom. All of a sudden, we're building a Thursday night lineup.
4: Yep. Hey, what's up, you fucking idiots? I thought of one other thing. Fuck Connor Basil act. Just fucking play all three fucking quarterbacks to last however many fucking games of the year. I'm done with him. Drink just keeps fucking throwing him out there. I don't know. Fucking Play all three of them. Fuck Florida. Fuck Dan Mullen. Ha <laughs> M-I-D. Go fuck yourselves. Bye. <laughs>
2: it's hard to tell the difference between happy Phil and angry Phil. Yeah.
4: I also just want to uh, give kudos to uh, Drinkwit by making probably what obviously isn't an easy decision to uh, – Yank Bagwell out of that game after that uh, that second horrible interception, uh, and then put in Brady Cook and have the confidence in Cook to finish the game, even though we're only up three with you know just a couple minutes left. Yeah, I take some stones to uh, to make a switch like that, and I hey, it worked out. We got the Dubs.
2: zou
6: Yo, it's Xavier down in Bama Country. had not talked to you boys in a while, so I thought I'd call in and say hello. You know, I was watching the game yesterday, and at one point, the zoo was up by a couple of touchdowns, and I'm thinking to myself, this may actually be pretty good, maybe a solid picture, you know, a statement. And then the announcers had to screw us over, jinxing us. I mean, really, dude, who's going to never fumble, then a fumble. And then the other guy talking about scoop and score, scoop and score. Did you hear him say, like,
4: scoop and score 18 times? Dude. When you repetitively use a phrase, it loses its meaning. You can't just keep saying, everything's going to be fine, everything's going to be fine,
6: it's fine, it's fine. you know what I mean, Call it. But the Tigers won, so I guess all I can say is, it's fine. M-I-Z.
3: I think that voicemail was fine.
2: <laughs> it was fine.
3: You know what? You know, we get a lot of voicemails, and uh, I think that one, you know, if I had to choose a word, it's fine. <laughs> he's talking about using that word repetitively. I hope we don't have that same, you know, losing meaning. I don't want that to happen to hobo cum.
2: Well, do how could it? I mean, it's rarely used.
6: What's up, guys? Tiger Dank here. Uh, got a really, really quick question. Very kind of a serious question, but just something I thought that I would like to get uh, your take on, um, on a little bit of a kind of a serious note. Obviously, everybody's impressed with Tyler Beatty and what he's been doing in this uh this season and to, to my knowledge as long as I've been watching Tiger football this is the best season I've ever seen a Mizzou running back put together do you think he's the best Mizzou running back ever he's the best that I've ever seen And I can't really recall another Mizzou running back just putting the team on his back like this and continually you know leading us to wins um nobody immediately comes to uh come to mind so just wanted to get your opinion on that. And, uh, you know, until, uh, next time I call in MIZ. Oh, yeah, uh, Hobocom, hot garbage. Hobocom,
2: hi. Hi. garbage. garbage. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Oh, I, I think we said it a couple of weeks ago that we were putting Tyler Beatty already in our, our top three favorite running backs of all time. And he's certainly in contention. I think. Um, immediately to me, what comes to mind is what Henry Josie was able to do, both by leading us to an SEC East championship, but also coming back from a horrible, horrible injury and where we didn't even know if he'd be able to walk or play football again. Instead, he dominated. Uh, but Mizzou's had a good run of running backs. I mean, back to like Brock Olivo, um, in the, in the mid nineties to, you know, guys like Larry Roundtree last year, of uh, Crockett. I mean, Devin West was an amazing running back. Now Brad Smith has got a r- bunch of rushing records. Of course, he was quarterback, but I mean, as far as a pure running back goes, I think just exceeding expectations and being so crucially important to the offense, it's hard to think of anybody except for Tyler Beatty when you're looking at those criteria in a running back.
3: I don't, it's a hard question to answer because I think, well, I, don't, I haven't seen anybody do what Beatty does, but then I'm like, no, yeah, you have. You know what I mean, but recency uh, bias. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, he is without question one of the very best in recent memory, for sure. You know, I always had a soft spot for for Josie, but you know, he's as good as Henry Josie was. I don't have any trepidation about saying that. For my money, he's better than Roundtree was, and I can't believe I'm saying that because Roundtree was great. But you know, if I, like I, I said in the earlier show, I'm like if I had to build a Mizzou football squad and I only had one running back to spot to give, I'd give it to Beatty before I give it to Roundtree and or Crockett. You know, who are both very good running backs.
2: Did you see uh, Roundtree got his first NFL uh, rushing touchdown this weekend? I
3: did. He uh, broke out some moves, made Mizzou proud.
2: Yeah, he can dance, unlike Mike Leach. (laughs) I feel like uh, I was riding those same roller coasters of emotions our listeners were. And uh, I do feel, feel a little bit for Carolina Jackpot, but not a lot. And, uh, we've, we've had our own share of misery. We know how, we know what the answer is, and it's alcohol. Colin, just a little side note. We're recording this on Monday night. Uh, Missouri's taking on UMKC. Uh, if that fa- feels familiar to anyone, or if that sounds familiar to anyone, uh, the result is looking familiar as well, Colin. I don't know if you can see it, but currently, there's under eight minutes to play and UMKC, the ruse lead Missouri 61 to 42. That's right. 19 point lead with under eight minutes to play. Good heavens. It's Kim Anderson all over again. Jesus Christ. All right, I just can't believe that this is happening again. Of all the games to lose, we have this haunting loss from the Kim Anderson era. The, the UMKC ruse loss was the most horrible of, and I'm talking about a murderer's row of horrible losses during those years. It was the worst. And we are repeating that performance. And th- I mean, at this point, it does not look like there is a way that Mizzou can crawl out of this with seven minutes and 37 seconds left. And we're well, not.
3: I'll say this I don't think when Kim Anderson lost to The Ruse, he lost by double digits. So Konzo may be setting a whole new gold standard for sucking.
2: It's is I mean I don't know how many people are still on the Conzo train and I haven't done a head count of the crowd because I know it is the fans fault but the <laughs> student section is once again full and cheering and trying to do their best I can only imagine how long that's going to continue after a mind numbingly horrible loss like this is well, turning Well they haven't lost yet
3: Brennan. there's still time left I mean we're, the game's not over but they're down no. by 14 so
2: No they're down by a full 20
3: Are they well I just I'm 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 just updating the score on my phone. I'm not actually able to watch it, so
2: you might be ahead of me actually because you know I'm streaming it, but I don't think so. There's seven fourteen left, and they're down by twenty. Anyway, yikes! I mean, I don't even know where to go from there, Colin. That's that's uh, I mean, shit. I think that's
3: well, and you know, the sad thing is, is like I know it's one game against a bad opponent, but I was, I saw things in that first game. You know, after I got a chance to finally watch it, I was like, oh, they're entertaining, and they seem like they have some energy, and you know, maybe. Just maybe they'll, you know, things will be better than I hope. Like I said, it's a, it's being one of the best sixty-eight teams in the country is not that tall a bar to jump, you know. But apparently, Conzo Martin wears concrete shoes.
2: I hope we're in the top five schools in Missouri at this point.
3: Listen, it's so early on, and maybe they'll turn it all around. But Jesus Jones losing to the Ruse—I mean, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear from anybody with their fucking sanctimonious horseshit about how we're full of crap and giving a bunch of fucking stats to ignore the fact that our fifth year coach is taking a fucking hot deuce in the second game of the season against a shit opponent like good lord i'm just like you know what i don't want to hear it anymore i where's my apology i want the fucking apology i don't want you to just acknowledge that Conzo's bad two years after i told you he's bad i want you to acknowledge that I was right, and you're fucking wrong, and you could take your fucking bullshit and shove it up your ass because this guy sucks, and we're losing to the kangaroos. You and KC, we're losing badly. Not just a little bit, badly.
2: It's going to (gasps) take a a whole lot of analytics to convince someone that their eyes are wrong in this case because I know that's what a lot of people like to do. They like to take what you see and know to be true based on just observing, like any human is capable of, and then telling you why that's not actually what happened because of some numbers. Now, that's going to be a tough sell here. Yikes.
3: I'm just going to be waiting for the apologies. I'm good. I'm not going to hold my breath though. Cause when we shit can Conzo Martin and I basically been saying for the last three seasons that I sure don't see anything that's given me any fucking optimism. It's not rocket science. You just open your fucking eyes. You know what I mean? Like it's they've played like shit. Even when they're winning games, it's brain numbing to watch. It is not good basketball. Oh, it's terrible. I mean, I don't know if it's because it's been so long since mizzou fans have seen good basketball or they just want to believe that their team is good no matter what but like this hasn't looked good since it started you know basically cassius robbins was the last time i remember being happy about anything in this basketball program
2: it's been a while now year one for Conzo. this is this really is something i mean you talk about it reminds me colin of kim anderson's final year he crawled into a coffin during the Halloween night scrimmage. And I remember at the time thinking like you're on a hot seat and for you to crawl into this coffin, I know you're just being, you know, like having fun and being part of the event or whatever, but oh, the optics of it, it is so symbolic of where your coaching tenure here is headed. And I feel that way tonight. It's mid November Conzo Martin's season's only just beginning, and he's losing to the same shitty team that Kim Anderson oh, Brandon, lost I to. Oh, I was
3: told that he was really recruiting this offseason, get some transfers and stuff. He was going to get a bunch of guys that weren't on anybody's list, and I was supposed to be excited about that. Hey, guess what? Nobody have ever heard of, and nobody's anywhere near the fucking ESPN top fucking 50 players. is all coming to Mizzou, so everybody, throw a parade. And like, guess what's happening? They're taking a shit. In the middle of the floor against the K- UMKC, it's like we're standing in a fucking train tracks, and everybody's surprised when the cocksucker runs us over. <laughs> I, I mean, Jesus Christ, Conzo Martin is a giant train made of dog turds, and we're be- being collectively smashed by him.
2: <sighs> the symbolism of losing to UMKC, Colin, it's just too rich, though. It's just too rich. Like this, this if is we, the end. If we were it's playing the
3: an SEC opponent right now, it would be that big a deal. Do you know what I mean? But this is the second game of the season against the against a dog shit
2: opponent. I just I just want to reiterate it's the Kim Anderson ghost is come back into the building. This is this is the kind of thing that says, well, this is it. This is the day Konzo Martin. They're like the conversation is getting had right now like how do we end this contract because this is too bad. This is too far for even the most sunshine pumping son of a bitch to oh, I don't gloss know, like over. Said, I
3: haven't been on Twitter yet to check a few a few of those accounts that love to pour rainbows over this program, but I'm just like, I. How do you explain this away? There ain't enough stats in the world. There ain't enough blame to go around for administration and fans to you know wallpaper over this rancid pile of steaming, bubbling, festering hobo cum hobo
2: cum Well. UMKC just stole a lazy pass at the hash mark and, uh, ran it in for a layup to go up by 21. Good Lord. Kim Anderson only lost by like eight. They're expanding the lead. It's not like.
3: Just so you know. Just so you know, Kim Anderson (laughs) only lost by like eight.
2: I just want people to realize that, you know, a lot of times whenever there's a surprise win by an underdog, it's a matter of just beating the clock. Eventually the big team kind of figures it out and it's a matter of whether they can catch up or if there's enough time on the clock. This ain't it. UMKC is expanding their lead as this game wears on. We're only going to lose by more. I
3: apologize to the fans because we've still got Sour Grapes to go. We've still got Around the Horn. We've still got Kansas News. It's going to be a long show, but we didn't know we were going to have a botched back alley abortion of a basketball game to talk about in the middle of the show.
2: Why don't we cheer ourselves up, Colin, and go Around the Horn and talk about good football instead of bad basketball?
3: Let's do that. I'm Obviously starting to lose my temper We
1: break our bread at Waffle House Our teams are pretty good We even play some basketball When Jesus says we should So pour a little bourbon And repeat right after me We built a church for Saturdays And called it SEC
4: Jesus loves football
2: Fire him up, Cohen (laughs) Alabama Alabama Nick Saban thanks for joining us Paul
0: thank you Mizzou
2: cast podcast all right Colin first game we've got is the Mississippi State versus Auburn game Mississippi State heading to number 17 Auburn this one was a little bit of a shocker for me anyway Mike Leach's Bulldogs pull out the win 43 to 34 for a huge upset for uh, Mike Leach's program.
3: I just don't want to make that guy.
2: Yeah, I don't I don't know either. Uh there was some horrible footage of him attempting to dance with his teammates whenever uh, the game was over with. But uh Mississippi State goes to 6 and 4 and 4 and 3 in conference when you look at how hard this Western Division is, pretty respectable really cuz in uh, Auburn that is a big blow to them. They started out on fire. They were twenty-eight to uh, ten at the half, and they just fell apart in the second half. It's like they forgot how to play football. It was a bizarre one. They, you can't talk about a team coming out more flat in the second half than uh, than Auburn did.
3: You're right about that. Auburn is strange. I mean, there was a time when I always said, "Hey, Auburn, pretty good team." I think they make it. You know, they're going to give everybody a run for their money. They're looking good, and Bo Nix, and then just I don't know, Bo Nix. How do you explain that guy? One day he looks like a Heisman candidate. The next day he's just. It's hot dog water. Hot dog water.
2: They're a mystery. Another interesting game and one I wouldn't have wanted to bet is the Arkansas LSU game. Number 25 Arkansas went to Death Valley. And I think we both picked LSU in this one. Arkansas got the 16 to 13 win over a reeling LSU squad. Obviously, they've got their lame deck coach in Ed Ogeron, but, uh, it's a big win for uh, Sam Pittman's crew as well. Seven and three is Arkansas now.
3: Well, I'm certainly not predicting that Mizzou's going to beat Arkansas necessarily, but you know, I do feel like our last two opponents being Florida and Arkansas are two teams that I I feel like are going the wrong way, while Mizzou may be going the right way. You know, Mizzou seems to be getting better. The defense seems to be improving. The the offense is uh, you know, still has been okay. Beatty's been great, but I just I feel like both Florida and Arkansas are really sort of reeling um, despite the fact that they won. It certainly wasn't an impressive win and and LSU's a turd burger right now. So I don't know, neither one of those teams scare me a great deal. At the same time, I'm not going to, I wouldn't bet the games, you know what I mean? So (laughs) I don't know. We'll see what happens.
2: Yeah. I'm not looking forward to that one in particular. Kentucky beat Vanderbilt 34-17. And Vanderbilt had some points in the second half, which made the score seem respectable, but Kentucky got out to the early lead. It was 34-3 to at the half, and they kind of coasted their way to victory, just pretty much what everybody expected. Not what anybody expected. Florida took on Samford. You heard me right, Samford. That is not yep. Stanford but trailed at halftime did Florida 42 points Sanford put up in the first half. It was 42 to 35 at the half. And oh my God, the blue birds came out for Dan Mullen. I mean, that motherfucker is on a blazing hot seat right now. You should be fired. Yeah. I mean, I, I,
3: I wouldn't be if Mizzou beats Florida, especially if they beat them handily this weekend, I could definitely see Missouri being the dagger. And nothing makes me happier than when Missouri fires someone.
2: <laughs> yeah, we had a couple of years there where we were pretty good at that. Yeah, we
3: were like the uh, Ned Stark of uh, of the SEC. We were just mm-hmm. lopping off heads, you know.
2: Alabama. Alabama. Paid money to New Mexico State so they could slaughter them 59-3 to 3 in Tuscaloosa. <laughs> yeah. Alabama. Alabama's number two moves to 9-1 and one on the year. New Mexico State will disband their football program. Nick Saban. Yep, that's, that sounds right. Texas A&M, Ole Miss. That was the big matchup of the night, and it was a good game. Ole Miss ended up pulling away in this one, 29-19. They looked like the better team than Texas A&M most of the night, but it was it was a close one and a huge win for Ole Miss because they finally have, I think, a signature win over number 11 Texas A&M, who, you know, keep in mind this is a team that had beaten Alabama. They also beat Auburn, which looked a lot better at the beginning of the night than after the end of the night, but uh, Ole Miss is 8-2 and now, and they are looking at a new year's bowl if they can uh, ride their way through the next two games i'm looking forward to the egg bowl this year
3: mississippi state and old miss are gonna is it gonna be a good game and i really hope that um what i really want for that matchup is i just want them to get the coaches together for just, just i want them to to get a bottle of wine and have the coaches drink it and then just talk about stuff i'll drink
2: to that <laughs> yeah
3: i'd watch that i'd watch that on pay-per-view
2: Yeah, I mean, we know that Mike Leach is one of the best about talking about stuff. And uh I always feel like Lane Kiffin, if he if he thinks there's not a camera running, the stuff he'd talk about is like a whole nother level that uh he's never been recorded, the stuff he'd talk about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the final game for Saturday was number one Georgia going up against Tennessee. I was glad to see Tennessee get their uh licking like everybody's had to against Georgia. 41 to 17 was the final. Georgia's now ten and oh. Tennessee's five and five which now matches uh, Missouri's record. So Josh Heupel is on a par with Eli Drinkwitz. Uh, didn't think I'd see that coming after Tennessee put an absolute fucking thumping on us midway through this season.
3: Yeah, I still, I mean, I, if I'm a Tennessee fan, I'm, I'm happier now than I've been in years about my coach though. Really? Yeah. Um, yeah. Even, you know, this is a George, no, who's going to beat Georgia, you know, and they get put up a fight for a little while. I, they play good football uh, on offense and uh, you know, Tennessee's going to have the resources to recruit. I mean, if I am, being honest right now in the East, the teams that scare me for the future of our program are obviously Georgia, but I'm going to say Tennessee before I'm going to say Florida at this point. Dan Mullins turned that place into a toilet. Yes, sir. Tennessee seems to be get, having things move in the right direction. Now, I never discount Tennessee's ability to, you know, shoot themselves in the foot. They seem to have just such an incredible knack for it. But, you know, right now, I'm like, I think Tennessee's heading the right direction.
2: Yeah. At least they have a, a plan. I mean, Florida is completely adrift right now. Why don't we look ahead to next week, Colin? There's some stinkers. It's this time of year, late in the year, where I don't understand it, where the teams get just all their cupcakes. In the most important late part of the season, Paul Feinbaum seems okay with it when it's not Mizzou. But Georgia is taking on Charleston Southern. Who do you think's going to win this one? Georgia or Charleston Southern? Georgia. Georgia or Charleston Southern. And that's a dilly of a pickle. Yeah.
3: I guess I'll yeah. go with Georgia.
2: <laughs> I'm just an absolute fucking turd of a game. Not even a line for it. No, shouldn't be. Texas A&M is taking on Prairie View A&M, taking the similar scheduling model as Georgia in an absolute dog of a game. I think I'll choose Texas A&M on that. And, Colin, dare I uh, speak on your behalf and say you'll take Texas A&M too?
3: Yeah, I'll, I'll go with that.
2: <laughs> All right. Now some really good football new mexico state apparently they haven't disbanded the program yet because they're taking on another sec foe in kentucky kentucky's a 36 point favorite over last week's alabama punching bag three straight terrible fucking games to choose from uh kentucky again i'll take kentucky as will i what about you paul kentucky mississippi state Colin is now taking on tennessee state Jesus Christ. What a pathetic slate of football games. No line on this garbage dump either. Mississippi State, Colin, Mississippi State, Paul, Mississippi State. Okay. The 230 CBS game. Surely that's going to be a good one. Maybe Arkansas will be going to Alabama. Nine and one. Alabama sits at number two in the country. Arkansas seven and three. Alabama's a 20 and a half point favorite in this one. I think they'll cover. Yeah, I'd bet it. Paul, I bet I know what you think about this one. Alabama, Alabama, Nick Saban. Yeah, I think you're right. Auburn coming off their hard loss to Mississippi State will be taking on a (laughs) South Carolina team, which we know they mad. Yeah. They are very mad. <laughs> Auburn's a seven-and-a-half point favorite on the road. Unless South Carolina shows something that we didn't see, I think Auburn should be able to get healthy. Yeah, for sure. Auburn And Vanderbilt will be the uh, sacrificial lamb to Ole Miss this week. They're heading to Oxford to take a big fat thumping in the ass. Vanderbilt's <laughs> two and eight, and Ole Miss eight and two. Ole Miss is a 36.5-point favorite in this one, and Lane Kiffin doesn't have a lot of trouble with these sorts of cupcake games, I think. I expect a big win. I do, too. Agreed. Ole Miss. And Tennessee, also with terrible football to play, taking on South Alabama. Tennessee's 28-point favorite. Take the fucking Vols, I guess.
3: Yeah, unfortunately. They're not playing bad. I wish they were awful like Florida. <laughs> me happier.
2: And I guess Mizzou didn't get the memo that this week was you were supposed to schedule horrible football games that nobody wants to watch. LSU is taking on UL Monroe and they're 29-point favorites. And that takes us to our final game of the week. The University of Florida Gators are coming to Columbia, Missouri. Florida is five and five. Missouri is as well. Florida's an eight and a half point favorite. On Monday night here. And uh, I don't know. I think this is Missouri's best shot at getting that bowl eligibility win. If we can keep things rolling in the direction they have. And if Florida continues to be mired in shit, as Dan Mullen has kept them this year, things could look good in Columbia. There's never been a
3: better time to play Florida. You know, I mean, that doesn't mean we'll win. But there's certainly never been a better time to play them. Uh, They are, and they do seem to be in complete disarray. And the players seem to have given up on their coach, which is always a good sign for us. Uh, But I'll be honest with you, Brendan. You know, it probably means more to bleep Florida, maybe. But I would, ra- if I had to choose a win, I'd still rather beat Arkansas just to keep the streak alive and yeah. just to take a big steamy piss all over Sam Pittman and Arkansas's
2: weird infatuation with him. Well, I mean, if we're going to have our druthers, let's beat them both. Yeah, please. Florida. And that'll do it for Around the Horn with the SEC. Colin, I I almost dread bringing this up, but uh, we're now under 49 seconds to play. Mizzou is going to get beat. That's currently 78 to 66. We're not fouling. UMKC has the ball. They're bleeding out the clock. This is a massive upset. By by the way, UMKC is 0-2 on this young season, and they're going to find their first win against Division I University of Missouri Tigers. Oh, boy. Just drove to the basket, scored again. It's 80-66. to 66. I don't know why anybody's going to need a I live we feed of this. I thought we be a
3: good defensive team. I thought that was our hallmark. We're good at defense. Apparently uh, not good enough to stop UMKC from fucking filling it
2: up. It's an ugly end to the game, I'll tell you that much. Eight seconds left, 7-6. This one's over. It's, it's a fucking loss, man. This is terrible absolute hot dog water hot dog water we're going to uh, report it here first mizzou has just gotten beat by umkc again first power five victory since the 2015-16 season when they beat mississippi state <laughs> terrible
3: you know bernan I, I i've starting to feel like our basketball program like like i feel like about kansas's football program at what, what point we just give up yeah Like you can't beat umkc Oh.
2: This is a, this is dreadful. The program. It's unbelievable. Hey, we're getting a phone call into the mailbag. Hold on one second.
4: All right. This is RC Nathacolo on Twitter. And I realize I'm a little early. There's about three minutes left in this basketball game. But what the fuck? This is hot fucking garbage. Hot hot garbage. garbage. This is the worst loss I have seen Mizzou take. Since the Cam Anderson days, and that's not really saying much because Conzo has largely been kind of a meh coach. He hasn't really taken us to the next level, like several of us fans thought he would. Hell, he hasn't even recruited like several of us thought he would, except for the fact that he got the, the one the two recruits he got, he hired their father, Stephen them. So who has he brought into the program? And the five years—five years that he has been the coach—nobody. He's brought in nobody, and we are regressing. This team sucks ass. Hot garbage.
2: Hot, Hot garbage. garbage. <laughs> Do you see any flaws in that analysis, Colin?
3: No, it all sounds right.
2: Well, I can only think of one thing to cheer ourselves up after this, Colin. It's time once again for Kansas news. Was I
4: was heard there were three kinds of suns in Kansas: sunshine.
5: Sunflowers
1: and sons of bitches. This is Kansas News.
2: Colin, I think we reported on this many years ago, but did you know that uh, America's most artistic giant toilet is in Kansas?
3: No, I didn't. I didn't know that, Brennan. But you know what? I've often said that if you can't say nice something nice about Kansas or just anything that you're not particularly fond of, then you're being fanatical, you know? Not everything's completely
2: bad. That's right. And that takes us to our first story. America's most artistic giant toilet. Despite appearances, the giant gaudy toilet in Lucas, Kansas, began as a practical necessity. The little farm town of Lucas, population 400, attracted thousands of visitors. How could you
3: practically need a fucking giant toilet?
2: Well, I'll tell you. It attracts thousands of visitors every year to its grassroots art center and garden of Eden, but it offered no public restrooms. And because the town is known for its outsider art and because they've never heard of Porto John's, the artist decided to build a bathroom like none other.
3: <laughs> As always, I mean, the, the, uh. It doesn't. None of this makes any sense. I <laughs> mean, like Kansas could have just, like you said, got a of john or built public restrooms, but instead they built a giant toilet, and for some reason that seemed like the the most plausible and rational solution to this problem.
2: Yes, Rosalind Schultz, director of the art center, recalled a cool reception that greeted the proposal for a giant toilet. She said, "In a small town, you can imagine we had some trouble. People said it was just the worst idea ever." And Colin agrees. <laughs> Yeah, I mean,
3: uh, it's like you could have just built the world's largest, like, American flag. Yeah. Something cool. Or, I don't know, anything, you know, like some sort of war memorial or – Anything
2: but a receptacle for human feces.
3: Yeah, or you could just build a a giant toilet. I mean, honestly, I
2: guess in Kansas it makes some sense. (laughs) It's true. It is emblematic. They said, we are not having a big toilet on Main Street. But when they saw the mosaic lid for the first time, they said, oh, this is going to look really nice. Wow. Wow. The lid, 14 feet high, is mortared into the front of a giant toilet tank which contains the restrooms themselves. Outside are two half-circle benches forming the rim of the bowl, and between them is an artwork of swirly water, filled with ceramic versions of all unexpected things that can end up in a toilet, smartphones, eyeglasses, Paperback books. Human shit. <laughs> a dog stands at the water's edge drinking from a bowl. Rosalind said its name, chosen from hundreds of suggestions, is Beauregard Flushmeister.
3: <laughs> God. Jesus Christ. I mean- everything about this story, including the story itself, is just ridiculous.
2: Yeah. Prominently displayed between the men's and women's room, the toilet's runner-up plaque for its 2014 America's Best Restroom Contest. <laughs> Kansas couldn't even have, even have to win. could even get the best fucking giant toilet. <laughs> oh my God, it's so pathetic. Despite the community's initial misgivings, the citizens of Lucas contributed significantly to the success of what they call now Bowl Plaza. Rosalind praised the townspeople who donated personalized items for the mosaic and volunteers who mortared countless pieces of bric-a-brac into the artworks and even the concrete contractors who figure out a way to turn slabs of normal cement into a giant unspooling roll of toilet paper and ironically i'm sure the same construction workers later blew up those toilets
3: yeah oh my god the the damage a construction crew can do to a giant toilet
2: oh colin leads us to our next story Big toilet and Lucas is running into a big problem. We got some breaking news from the Wichita Eagle. So we're
3: and having so we're now having a second story about the
2: giant toilet. Well, we were establishing the giant toilet as one of the proudest things that they have in the entire state of Kansas, but. Things in Lucas, Kansas are a bit antsy. Things with the big toilet have gone awry. Lucas's grassroots art center, Bowl Plaza, which features the community's only public restrooms and is billed as one of the best restrooms in the nation. Not the best, mind you. It's on the frets and it's bad timing because the annual Adams Apple festival is scheduled for, for Saturday, it's not clogged up," said Rosalind Schultz. Still in charge of this giant shitter, it keeps running thousands and thousands of gallons of Kansas water through without shutting off. The problem started a week ago. Two plumbers have been called to fix it. It's going to take more than one plumber to fix a giant toilet. Sure, Brennan. Nothing is fixed yet. The water just keeps rolling. Um, Does
3: anybody out there? I mean, we have some reach with our podcast. Does anybody out know there out there and know a giant plumber? <laughs>
2: It seems like what we're going to need. And he's going to need a giant wrench. Sure. Men's urinal is fine, but the women's is on strike, said Schultz, who loves to make humorous jokes about her huge, shitty toilet. We think we're going to have a big water bill. The latest diagnosis Friday was that parts were needing to be ordered for the automatic flusher. This is news, mind you, Colin. This is news in Kansas. Apparently. It's a
3: fucking toilet with an automatic flusher. Uh, What do you even get to order it? Like, is there not a. There's no plumbing supply places in Kansas. I feel like I could come up with that like three different places right now. And I live in middle of Missouri.
2: It's just the irony that one, it's sending thousands of gallons of what we know to be toxic sludge, Kansas water through it. And it can't be stopped. And it's also the thing that they're most proud of. And it it's fucked up. It's so Kansas. It's Kansas on top. Of, it's a Kansas onion, but it does it. I have to move on to our next story, Colin, because we can't talk about toilets forever. Kansas woman sat on toilet for two years. Authorities are considering charges in the bizarre case of a woman who sat on her boyfriend's toilet for two years. So long that her body was stuck to the seat by the time the man finally called police. It appeared that the 35-year-old Nest City woman's skin had grown around the seat. Good God! The woman initially refused emergency medical service, but was finally convinced by responders and her boyfriend that she needed to be checked into a hospital. We pried she just the, toil- lived on the toilet long
3: enough their skin had bonded to it.
2: That's right. We'd pried the toilet seat off with a pry bar and the seat went with her to the hospital. The hospital. No, that's removed not
3: in the story. That's you're shitting me.
2: We pried the toilet seat off with a pry bar and the seat went with her to the hospital. Whipple said the hospital then removed it. Whipple said, investigators. Good
3: Christ.
2: Investigators plan to present their report Wednesday to a county attorney who will determine whether any charges should be filed against the boyfriend. She was not glued. She was not tied. She was just physically stuck by her body. It's hard to imagine still.
3: (laughs) Hey, Jim, where's your old lady tonight? Oh, she stuck the toilet again. (laughs) She's kind of a homebody.
2: <laughs> Literally, her home and her body are connected. Police <laughs> yeah. declined to release the couple's names out of just the worst humiliation that a person could possibly have. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But the boyfriend agreed to be interviewed Wednesday by the AP. He identified the girlfriend as Pam Babcock. McFerrin. Thanks a lot
4: for that,
3: boyfriend.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he sounds like a great guy. It's, they say it's hard to find a good man these days. Except,
3: I, I tell you what's missing from this story is how heavy is this woman i mean i can only imagine that she's gilbert grape level morbidly obese and that's why she was on the toilet and couldn't get off
2: <sighs> i mean a lot of kansas are usually like a one or two cheeseburgers away from being a shut-in anyway you know she just went over the line i guess
3: let's hope she survives this trying event, Brendan. so they don't have to find a piano crate to bear her in <laughs>
2: That's right. That's right. McFerrin, uh, yeah, they're not going to be able to afford that. Uh, McFerrin, her boyfriend, told investigators he took her food and water and asked her every day to come out of the bathroom, and her reply would be, maybe tomorrow. According to him, she did not want to leave the bathroom. McFerrin told the AP he wasn't to blame, and it was solely Babcock's choice to remain on the toilet.
3: I've I've had days like that. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I didn't want to leave the toilet. Like, you know what? I don't feel like it's a safe place for me to be anywhere but close to this toilet. But uh, that doesn't typically last this long. Authorities. My skin has never been physically bonded to the toilet, I guess, is what <laughs> I'm saying.
2: Is that right? I don't think you need this. And most people don't have to affirm that. Just like, assume
3: I've had terrible diarrhea before, but I drink natural light. I know what that's about, <laughs> but I just never feel like I needed to spend days on a toilet. I just, something's not right there.
2: The woman's friend, Ellie said she had not seen her in over six years. Authorities do not know whether she was mentally or physically disabled. I'm going to tell you right now, there's a there's a mental problem and it sounds like there's quite a physical problem as well.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the person that's been on the toilet for so long that their skin bonded to it. I'm going to go ahead and, you know, make that gigantic leap yeah, there's there's some mental stuff.
2: Oh my god. Colin, let's go on to the next story. I am tired of this is a this has just been a bad theme for Kansas News.
3: It's literally like the plot of a family guy, a cartoon. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> but I think he stepped to the couch, but either way, I didn't know Family Guy was based on real life where you could physically bond your skin to a piece of furniture and or plumbing accessory. Yikes.
2: (laughs) Well, our our next story, Colin… Kansas City, Kansas church damaged after portable toilet set on fire.
3: Well, we are really having a toilet heavy uh,
2: episode here. I don't. It's just what comes to us from Kansas. This is what Kansas has provided.
3: Britton, I'm I'm having trouble paying attention. Our, you're not going to believe this, but our Twitter is blowing up right now. I can't figure out why. <laughs> you know, I mean, like we're just, just alert after alert after alert. Like people have stuff to say right now about. Mizzou, something. I don't know. I'm not going to look. I'm not going to open to it. I don't want to get the sidetrack,
2: you know, but. Sure. Well, we've got important toilet news to get through, Colin.
3: (laughs) Well, something's got Mizzou Nation fired up. That's awesome.
2: (laughs) Whatever could it be? A Kansas church was damaged after a portable toilet on the property was set on fire. New City Church said on a Facebook post that the incident happened on Sunday night. The Kansas Fire Department said the fire was located the exterior of the church and crews worked quickly to put out the blaze. Church said it hopes to have the building restored and ready for services on Sunday. It's not immediately clear if there were any suspects arrested in the toilet-related arson. No one was injured, and the fire department is still investigating. And by investigating, they're taking a dump. Well, so there you have it, Colin. It is a shitty, shitty week in Kansas.
3: The crazy thing is, is that we had uh, like— four or five other stories to choose from and they were all toilet related too
2: that's right we tried to find stories that weren't about shitters and they're just not out there
3: <laughs> no they, they obviously uh it's sort of that it's a focal point of the kansas society and and uh their civilization in general and their their culture i mean they're just they're toilet totally crazy bro.
2: they're toilet people and,
3: and you know what it's kind of nuts that they're this over the moon about toilets considering they just got indoor plumbing like in the last eight years.
2: I think that's what it is. I mean, you know, in the 19th century, you know, in the 1800s, England was just obsessed with all things Egyptian. You know, you, they couldn't get enough hieroglyphics and mummies and this and that because there were all these explorations in Egypt that they were just finding out about, you know, and, and so it was exciting to them. And I'm sure indoor plumbing is that way to Kansans now.
3: It's like the first time you saw an iPad.
2: Yeah. It's like, where's the back of this screen?
3: Yeah, like look how small this thing is. And they're like, the poop goes into a hole in the ground and you never have to see it again. <laughs> Though it will be in your drinking water later.
2: Yeah, that's right. All right, Colin, final story of the day, also toilet related. Good Lord. Did you know that uh, University of Kansas Jayhawks took on the Texas Longhorns in Austin this weekend? I had heard that. Uh, Kansas had never won a game against the Longhorns in Texas, ever. No reason to expect they would this year. They're 1-8 on the season going into this game, and heavy, heavy underdogs. But you do know how this game ended, don't you, Colin? Refresh me. <laughs> in overtime, the Kansas Jayhawks, on a two-point conversion, Defeated the SEC-bound Texas Longhorns 57-56. to 56. <laughs> Biggest win in Kansas since, I don't know, at least a decade. Jesus Christ, Texas. That,
3: I don't mind. I was rooting for Kansas. I mean, I started to see the buzz on social media. I was at a birthday party and wasn't watching the football. And I was like, well, I'm going to have to watch this and did and was happy that I did, and found myself rooting for the Kansas Jayhawks. And I can only imagine that I i I don't feel like I could do that against almost any other person or team other than Texas, but I was rooting for them.
2: (laughs) I found myself feeling the exact same way. It couldn't have been better. And also, just the way it worked out, Kansas had this thing in the bag. And A couple minutes to go, all they needed to do was sort of bleed out the clock. They were like at their own 30, and it was like fourth and two, and rather than punt their Moronic coach decided they were going to try to do a sneak play and fake the punt. And of course it didn't work. Gave Texas the ball back who Texas quickly marched down the field and tied the football game. And you thought, well, this is where the dream ends, you know, no, this is going to look good for Kansas.
3: Well, I mean, honestly, even at that point though, it was, uh, it was like, I mean, it's better that Texas lost, but I mean, the fact that it was this close was already making it, you know, just a terribly humiliating look for Texas.
2: Yeah, like Florida, Samford. Yeah. But then, uh, Texas scored first in overtime and then Kansas scored and immediately went with the two point conversion, knowing that they needed this thing to end as quickly as possible. If they had any shot, they got the pass complete and won the fucking game. Unbelievable. Uh, I guess congrats to Kansas. It's, uh, it's just great when you see two teams that you wish you could both lose and one's utterly humiliated.
3: It's just always nice to see Texas be utterly and completely humiliated. Kansas winning this game is not going to pull them out of the uh, well toilet that they're in. Uh, to to stick with the theme, this football program is not going anywhere. So why not give them a win against Texas? If you're going to have to give them a win, it might as well be to Texas. I'd rather they beat Texas than like Coastal Carolina or something. Same. You know, if Kansas has to win, it might as well be uh, forcing one of our other rivals to suffer miserably.
2: <laughs> That's right. So congrats, Kansas. You're two and eight. All right, Colin. It's, uh, we don't always get to do this, but thanks to a strong performance by Mizzou's defense, we were able to once again play Sour Grapes. What you got there, Sour Grapes? You got a grip of Sour Grapes. Oh, them Sour Grapes. You brought them
5: Sour Grapes. Sour Grapes. Sour Grapes. You got them Sour Grapes. Oh, Sour Grapes. You want a, a grip of Sour.
2: It's like Pavlov's dogs. I hear that music, it automatically makes me happy. What do you got, Colin?
3: There were several, too many, really. We had the perfect recipe for sour grapes. We had a team that was coming off a big win and really thought they were riding behind the saddle, thought they'd definitely beat Mizzou. Their new coach is still live, living the honeymoon, so they can't blame him for a loss. You know, that we've we've often been disappointed in the way sour grapes turns out because it coaches on the hot seat, so when we end up beating them. A lot of the tweets are not so much "fuck Mizzou" as "fuck his coach," but they still love Beamer, and they were expecting to win. And lowly Mizzou packed their shit for him, and so it made uh, for some great sour grapes. Really, <laughs> we'll start off with Brian Rush. He quote, "Fuck Mizzou,
2: fuck Greg Atkins."
5: Sour grapes. Quick
3: and to the point. Uh, and Atkins is, by the way, is the O line coach for.
2: Yeah, some of South the, the ire was directed at him for sure.
3: Yeah, because you can't, like I said, Beamer still live in the Honeymoon. All right, Brennan, next we have uh, Gamecock Noah. I don't know why that name sounds just pornographic, but mm-hmm. it does. Anyway, he wrote, laugh my ass off. Suck it, Mizzou. Suck it so hard.
5: Salad great.
3: You're talking about a lady's toes. We will. <laughs> but I feel like we really, we beat your team. So who's going to suck it? At probably crazy Pote, we can intercept the ball, too. Suck it, Missouri.
5: Salad grapes.
3: I'm guessing this one came in after lack threw his second interception. And,
2: yeah, who uh, couldn't intercept
3: it it, that? Yeah, I mean, I'll you know, tell you what. It's like, the, we can intercept the ball, too. Uh, well, I'd hope on that mm. pass. I mean, loli, I want to talk about Lollipop. Evan wrote, can't lose to Mizzou. Fuck Missouri.
5: Salad grapes. Can,
2: can I important. guess. And they did three, yeah. three times in a row. They did. Yeah, yes. three straight years.
3: Roy Smith wrote, Mizzou a fucking bullshit-ass program. Sour grapes. It begs the question, what kind of program is South Carolina?
2: Yeah, that's right. When you lose to a bullshit program, bullshit-ass program, you're worse than a bullshit-ass program.
3: Kevin Rayleigh wrote, Mizzou sucks, but the Gamecocks are worse. Five and seven, man, fuck Mizzou. Sour grapes. Feels so
2: good, yeah.
3: Colin. I don't know why they, they, they got to be so hard on Mizzou. <laughs> Kenny Setzer wrote, I'd rather have our staff. Mizzou staff came perilously close to choking that game away. I saw some of this sentiment on Twitter, this sentiment that like, man, you guys almost blew it to us. You guys should not be happy at all. They didn't even get to the end of the game to start making excuses. Do you know what I mean? Like they didn't yeah. get to the point where like, you guys, we suck. So you shouldn't be happy to beat us. It's like, man, you guys made it close. We shouldn't have been close. It's like, it was a strange, like they salve their wounds somehow by, by being like, we almost came back.
2: You got to keep in mind, like people are really stupid and they'll do anything rather than say, my team's bad. My fault, my bad, my mistake. I take something I said back. People don't ever, ever, yeah. ever want to really? do they that. So they'll say came back. ridiculous things to try to yeah. make their original points seem plausible. And it doesn't yeah. matter how ridiculous.
3: You know, I can't wait to go to the, the bar and tell everybody. I almost had sex with a supermodel. That's not true. I almost didn't expect a supermodel, obviously. I know, you it know seems I mean? implausible. Like, who, brags yeah. about, <laughs> who brags about the things they almost did? South Carolina. No Six Cats says, tell Beamer that he can't demand fans to show up for Auburn next week. Thank you. You can't lose to Missouri like this. Fuck Missouri.
5: Salad Grapes.
3: Yeah, that's true. You can't lose to Missouri. Oh, wait, you can. And have for the last three years. It's a pattern. It's a pattern. Mike Iller wrote, worst O-line in history of the program. Truly pathetic. You guys can't stop Missouri. Salad Grapes. no. They couldn't. He's almost would almost be right if you consider how badly our defensive line was playing early in the season. You're right. This is truly historically bad. Anyways.
2: Here's the one. It's not really sour grapes because it came before the game column. It says, Hey, if Beamer can get the win today and become bowl eligible, this season is a home run. It wasn't pretty for most of the season, but no one had SC making a bowl game. Plus, it's Mizzou. Fuck them.
5: Sour grapes.
2: Yeah, fuck us. (laughs) Yep, that's right. Michael
3: Cooper writes, any offense with a
2: pulse beats Mizzou.
5: Salad grapes.
2: Josh at IJKM says, The camera angles at Mizzou fucking suck. I hate watching games played at this shithole.
5: Salad grapes.
2: So uh, yeah, our cameras s- are in the wrong camera- spot. Uh,
3: another one from Roy Smith put, South Carolina fucking sucks. Mizzou is so bad. That's Sour just a treat. grapes. <laughs> so bad.
2: <laughs>
3: Cole Counts put, I can't stress enough. How much I hate Missouri's camera angles. God, is this the same guy or is this another guy tweeting about camera angles?
2: It's a different guy. They are uh, really upset about camera angles. Um, <laughs> Colin, I like this one. James, Mr. Terry James Jr. writes South Carolina would have been better off hiring the Kansas coach instead of Shane Beamer.
5: Sour <laughs>
2: grapes. And then uh, Queen Nightshade, Night Raven, twenty ten. What does the Queen have to say? She says, "Even though we lost, we still played a great game." But I agree with some of the others. How the heck did we get beat by Missouri? Like seriously,
5: sour
3: grapes. I mean, we have a winning record against South Carolina all time.
2: Well, keep We've in mind, three
3: years in a row, we have two SEC East championships. That's two more than they have, isn't it?
2: Well, you got to keep in mind, Queen Nightshade is busy tending to her monarchy. She has the land of nightshade to take care of, so she can't be watching all Mizzou
3: no, football. No, it's that for a man to sleep with her. He has to put a lampshade on his head.
2: No, oh, that's all right. right?
3: And give me very drunk. Dave Sanders wrote, Mizzou sucks. Their coach thinks he's still in the sunbelt because that's the level of talent they have. Go game cocks. Shane be greater than Eli drank a piss.
2: Uh, drink a piss. Well, yeah. turns out he's not greater, and based on the recruiting class that we got coming up, probably not going to be greater in a while.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pack your lunch, boys. It's going to be a minute. Local boss mass wrote, "Missouri fucked up playing Sandstorm at the end of the game because now SC will be out for fucking blood next year at home." I don't know what this even means. Sandstorm Sour is a solid great? Is that something South Carolina do that?
2: Yeah, is that so they're kind of things. Thing and, okay. Yeah, an old mediocre song is their thing.
3: Yeah, Missouri had the audacity to troll them with their own song, and now they'll be out for blood next year.
2: I bet. I'll they're
3: bet. more likely to have blood in their stool after they play us. Scott Crane wrote, "Imagine how those baloney heads that drove all the way to Missouri to watch us get beat by a horrible football team like this—you cannot lose to Missouri. So you can.
5: Great. You
3: can."
2: Cannon yeah, Duke. he's
3: calling his own fans a baloney head for driving to watch him play a horrible Missouri
2: team. Mm-hmm. How dare he? He probably took a plane.
3: Southwest!
2: Well, South Carolina fans are stupid by and large, is what I've learned.
3: Yeah, I should have dug a little deeper, but then I know I've missed a couple of uh, the tweets insulting the you know Drinkwitz for being a nerd or a mm. loser or whatever. And it's like, I don't know, guys. I mean, yeah, he doesn't look like your prototypical football coach, but... Uh, I just beat you.
2: Yeah, and also like the jokes about like <laughs> he wears glasses. I mean, that's that kind of wore itself out around <laughs> first grade, didn't it?
3: <laughs> well, I will say this about Drinkowitz. I, I I would like to to help him with his appearance a little bit. I'm like, let's go to the uh, let's go to the, the optometrist. Let's pick out some nice frames, bud, because those are not working for you. Yeah, um, you're you're they're not helping. And then I'm like, let's let's go to the the salon and see if we can figure out a way to make this hair not quite so Bert from Bert and Ernie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, like, can we do something to make it not look like you just have a tuft of corn silk
2: coming out of the top of your head? He's just uh, going to have to shave. I mean, it's just, he's yeah, getting, it's I just mean, getting to something. that point. It's, it's that like I, terrible mid time, it's pre-bald, but not, you know, it's like he, he's got enough hair. He can still convince himself that he has hair, but it's definitely going the route of being bald and he just hasn't oh come God. to terms with it.
3: It's finer than a baby's hair. What are you holding on to, bub? Let's go get some nice frames. You got the money. I've seen your contract. Let's go get a decent haircut or maybe just shave that whole head right off. You know what I mean? And I know that Mizzou has top shelf workout facilities. So, you know, a little, little time on the treadmill wouldn't hurt you either. Let's, let's whip you into shape while we whip this football team in shape. So these guys can't come at you like
2: this. I think it's time to move on to an important thing we do every week. It's time once again for TJ Moe's Douche of the Week Award. Douche, Douche of the, the week. week. And I think... In the spirit of sour Greg tweets from South Carolina, didn't you have a candidate?
3: There's a gentleman named Mike Uva. Is that how you say that?
2: I don't know. Never heard DA? of him. No.
3: I had neither, of him, but apparently he's a big deal. He's blue check marky He had tweeted out Mizzou isn't beating USC. USC is beating USC. So this is some profound stuff. Yeah. And is. anyway, when I uh, when we shared this, it, a few Mizzou fans saw it. They proceeded to club this guy, and he is a fucking dum dum. Uh he then after he's he starts getting just inundated it says since i have the whole state of M- missouri upset at me and following my tweets i'll say this the chief's run is done and sc barbecue is better just to piss them off and uh he thought that was clever but it just it, the the ball was rolling now and he was getting just absolutely excoriated on twitter but he was trying to roll with the punches because you know bringing his the uh you know, social media director for Gamecocks Eagle. So anyway, Brendan, this goes on and on. And, and Mizzou fans are just, just trance in this douchebag. So basically people are telling me, you know, he's a douchebag. He's, he's an idiot and he's no big deal. And so his response to these, the sort of the, the tweets in his vein is you can go down the street and order a biscuit named after me at Jangles, do a little research on this rando ham bone jones it's like so his argument being basically said that he's a rando like a ran just a totally random he's not a big deal brennan that's what this person is telling him his his argument to this is he's got a biscuit named after him so yeah. watch out world
2: and <laughs> local bojangles Franchisee <laughs> named it biscuit after whoever this fuck is <laughs> cower in fear of biscuit boy
3: Brent and I literally at our local at the local bar uh, in the town we grew up in like there's a guy who would go in there and and order the same thing every single day for lunch and so the next time they printed the menu they named the meal he ate all the time after him on the menu. Mm-hmm. And he was like a plumber, and he just showed up every day. And he had his—he had something named after him on a menu. I don't feel like this guy's doing himself any favors, I meaning like, "Hey, there's a biscuit named after me."
2: You had a plumber who had a sandwich named after him. Yeah. I didn't realize you knew a celebrity, Colin. I mean, according to this guy on Twitter, that's a huge accomplishment.
3: (laughs) It is. I mean, you know what? I see this guy sometimes, you know, so maybe I'll just, next time I see him, I'll get his autograph.
2: Could you, for me.
3: Fucking deal is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm impressed.
2: Color me impressed. (laughs) Yeah. Douchey enough. Douche away, South Carolina. Douche it up. All right, Colin, we got one last award to give out, and this is a big one. It's time once again for Kirk Farmer's Hair, Player of the Game. Now it's time for Kirk Farmer's hair, Player of the Game. Could be a number of people this week. Who have you got?
3: Yeah, it's harder than usual, but I mean, it's going to be bait. It has to be. He's had 200 yards and he iced the game. I mean, he and he's done that a couple of times. He has iced games for us. But, you know, when they know we're trying to to run out the clock, we're gonna run it right. Out. We're gonna run it right at you. And Beatty's so fucking good, they can't do anything about it. You know, he just like, sorry, you're not gonna stop me from getting the to first down and keeping the clock moving. And so, you know, it can't be in with Beatty. The nice thing is, is there was a lot of candidates that this this week.
2: Isaiah McGuire, for one, obviously uh, named SEC, yeah. you know, defensive line uh, player of the week.
3: Abrams Drain, who had an interception and should have had another interception,
2: mm-hmm. uh, and, and
3: really made it some other nice plays.
2: Yeah. No, there's a number of defensive players who really stepped up and looked good. And I'm glad it's worth a, at least merits conversation because so often it's just give it to Beatty and move along.
3: Well, oh, And then uh, Parker Jr. had a good game, I think a big third down conversion at a touchdown. I gave him a hard time early in the season because he was – got a couple stupid penalties gonna act like a jackass but genuinely I love the way he plays you know he's got good hands he's not just uh, blocking tight end though he blocks incredibly well which is what I really like about him but anyway it's Beatty
2: it's Beatty of course it's Beatty over 200 yards and uh, we'll need him again on against Florida <laughs> Well, I'm excited, Colin. For the first time, I guess, all season long, I'm kind of excited and optimistic, and maybe I shouldn't be. I mean, it's still the Florida Gators. We can still very much lose this game, but Mizzou controls its own destiny. Let's just put it that way. We can be bowl mm-hmm. eligible if we just play competent football.
3: No, I don't know where the, where this defense came from, but if it keeps showing up, we got a chance.
2: We'll be there and ready for it. So uh, until this weekend, M I Z Z O U.
3: Jesus Jones losing to the ruse.